We're studying the book of Romans. Uh, I want to review just a little bit before we uh, continue. Uh, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. Or you might think uh, eternal power being his divinity. Uh, so that they are uh, without excuse. <clears throat> According to Paul, uh, there's no excuse uh, for not knowing God is because the evidences uh, are overwhelming to the attesting to the fact that God is. Uh, the evidences, I don't know, I think most people probably don't think about these things. But the evidence is attesting uh, to the existence of God is uh, uh, absolutely staggering when you uh, when you examine those evidences. Uh, the uh, the power of God, the genius of God. Uh, he's he's a great engineer. He's a great architect. Uh, name the field you want to, and he surpasses everyone. Uh, these things uh, God has revealed through His creation. <laughs> so that we would know there is God. God uh, requires us to believe. Now, if the Lord requires us to believe, he's got to give us a reason to believe. Uh, he's placed that burden on himself by implication. Uh, if faith is essential to our salvation, then it's imperative that the Lord make it possible for a person to have faith. A person can have faith or not have faith. It's up to the individual. Everybody can do what they choose to do, and that's what life's all about. That's what it all boils down to. Uh, if you don't want to know God, you don't have to. If you want to know God, he can be found. It's, it's up to the individual. Everybody makes their own choice. And that's the whole purpose for our being. That's the only reason why we're here. We do a lot of great stuff during our life. Man, there's a lot of things we do and we like and we enjoy, and some things not so much. But the reason we're here is to make that one decision. What am I going to do with God? Will I accept him or not? And then he'll judge me accordingly in the day of judgment. The ball lies in our court as individuals. But what Paul is pointing out is that the evidences are so overwhelming that if a person uses uh, I didn't know as an excuse, it ain't going to fly. It's just not going to work because the Lord's going to say the evidence was there. Next, it's over. I mean, there's no excuse, Paul says, uh, for declaring ignorance. You're just... Uh, you, you've got nothing nothing to uh, back you up. And that's, uh, that's something uh, I used to wonder about a lot, about people who were not able to believe, but the only reason a person cannot believe is because they choose not to. That's a choice, and we all make it. It's like uh, drunkenness. They call it a disease, and it's a choice. We make choices in our life. We choose to do this. We choose to do that. And uh, in the case of uh, knowing God, it's up to me to know God, to go find him. There are impulses in each one of us that, that move us in that direction. We're always looking for God. We, we may think God is money or, or power or pleasure or fame. Uh, we make, we, we make uh, a lot of things into God. 
the problem with the gods uh, that we invent is that there's no satisfaction at the end of the day. You can't find contentment or fulfillment. The only way any person can ever find fulfillment is uh, through a relationship with Jehovah. Uh, without that, we're always going to be seeking for something to be our God, to take care of us, to protect us, to uh, uh, ensure us against the problems that come up in life. Uh, and God is the only person uh, even capable of that. Unfortunately, as I said, most people, uh, you know, they don't, they don't believe that and they don't, uh, they don't seek God. And it, it's really sad. It's really sad. Most of the funerals we attend are, are for people who just were not ready to meet God. And that always makes us uh, shed tears. It's very sad. <clears throat> but because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. Uh, there are better translations, I think, of this particular verse. For example, the English Standard Version says, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. It's a little clearer than the word in. It's plain. Romans 1.19, according to the NIV, since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. Both of these uh, versions hit the nail on the head as far as the intent of uh, the Apostle Paul. Even if you look at the entire verse of verse 20, I think ESV reads a little easier. Uh, his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived. Clearly perceived is the equivalent of has been made plain to them. It's as plain as the nose on your face, you might say. Ever since the creation of the world, when, before Adam arrived, it was made plain. There was nobody there to see it, of course, but before Adam arrived, everything was set up in such a way that you had to know there was, was God. So Adam, he's seen the same witnesses that you and I see. Ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, that is the creation itself, so that uh, the unbeliever is without excuse. And it's, uh, that's the way God sees this, and that's all that matters. That's what will determine uh, judgment. Notice and think about the context a little bit, because sometimes, uh, well, John MacArthur, he gets off here like he does in a lot of places. Uh, I use MacArthur a lot because uh, he's read by, uh, he's probably the most read writer I know of. Uh, and, and I like to use him because uh, some people uh, undoubtedly have read what he has to say. Uh, but if you look at the context, which you should always do when you're investigating uh, the meaning of a particular text, in the context, <clears throat> Paul's teaching about the gospel it is uh, a power of God, one of his powers. Its power is to save the souls of human beings, of course. Its uh, revelation is a righteousness of God. Uh, it reveals uh, a righteousness of how God makes men righteous. That's the revelation of the gospel, the good news, how God <clears throat> makes people righteous, sinners, how God makes sinners righteous. 
the Gentiles uh, had been left without written knowledge. That's one of his points too, and it's a very important point because when we get into chapter, the last half of chapter two and then chapter three, uh, he's, going to, uh, he's going to make a lot of hay out of this. The Gentiles had no written revelation uh, from God. Uh, they may have had it one time, but they no longer had it uh, at this time. MacArthur implies the Gentiles had enough natural revelation to be saved. That's what I want to think about right there, because it's a it's prevalent uh, belief held by many people. Uh, the Gentiles had enough natural revelation to be saved. Is is that possible? Is my question. Okay. Uh, obviously, I think it's not. It's not possible that the nature. Uh, could reveal enough information to us that you and I would be saved. Take, for example, Law of Moses. <clears throat> Did nature teach people to be circumcised on day eight? Well, the answer is no. What did nature teach anybody about moral law? Really nothing. What did nature do? Nature witnessed that God is. That's what nature does. It is witness. But it, it testifies to the fact that God is. But it doesn't tell us a whole lot about God. It tells us some things. We know God's a genius, for example, by the creation. But is God a, a good person or a bad person? Does nature actually teach us that? It might if you've studied it deep enough, but that's debatable. <clears throat> Did nature teach the Jew or the Gentile about circumcision on day eight? And the answer, of course, would be no. In the New Testament, what about the cross, the baptism, Lord's Supper, etc.? <clears throat> does nature teach people about this? How do we learn about these things? How does nature impart this knowledge? Well, you know as good as I do that it doesn't. In order to have this knowledge, we have to have revelation from God. He has to tell us. He had to tell the Jews to be circumcised on day eight, for example. He told us about uh, the cross of Christ, baptism, the Lord's Supper, etc. Uh, there is a revelation from nature testifying to the fact that God is, but nature does not teach us what we need to do to walk with God. It's not the, it's not the purpose of nature to teach us such things. MacArthur, <clears throat> along with many, many, many others, thinks it is that you can derive enough knowledge from nature that you will be saved. I disagree. Uh, nature does not teach the moral law. It doesn't teach uh, many of the, uh, the other laws, the ceremonial laws, like baptism. It doesn't teach us about that either. <clears throat> Paul knew uh, that man alone uh, couldn't know the Lord personally. Only the Lord could reveal himself to man. That was the only way we could know him as a person. Okay, we know he exists. That's one thing. Knowing him as a person, that's a whole other story. God would have to reveal himself. He would have to tell us about himself. What do we know about God? We know what the Lord has told us about himself. But if the Lord hasn't told us about something, then we don't know it. We might guess it, we may think it, we may hope it, we may believe it, but we don't know it unless God tells us. 
And that's one of the, the, the biggest uh, mistakes, in my opinion, in Christendom today, is that so many people rely on uh, what they think or feel. I, I know what God has said, but I really feel like, given my particular situation, that if I were to do this, uh, the Lord would uh, forgive me for doing it. There's a, there's a lot of people uh, who live by that rule. Members of the church live by that rule. You know, some of us probably live by that rule. Where did the Lord say we could do and not do a thing? Well, he didn't, but I'm, I, I have a suspicion that the Lord would be sympathetic or understanding to my plight. Well, how do you know that? Well, you can't. You can't know it. And if you can't know it, it can't be of faith. We say, I believe it, and I believe you do. But it's not of faith, because faith comes through the word of God. To be faith, the kind of faith that the Lord's looking for, the kind of faith he approves of, it has to come from the word of God. God said it, I believe it. But if I feel it, or think it, or wish it, or hope it, or want it, that's not faith, not what God approves. As a matter of fact, it's, it's worse. That's a presumptuous sin. That's the worst kind of sin you and I can commit against God. I know the Lord doesn't approve of this, but I think he'll make an exception in my, in my case. Do you know that? No. What are you doing? You're testing God. You're testing the Lord. You're trying to prove him. You're trying to force him to do something that's contrary to his nature. Is the Lord going to bless you for that? Uh-uh. He's not going to bless. Will he curse? I believe we're on that track now. So many don't think, they don't see that. I've had a lot of discussions through the years uh, with well, preachers, for example, uh, female preachers, male preachers. I've had a lot of discussions through the years, and uh, it's a common belief among most that uh, the Lord understands. He doesn't. If we put him to the test, he gets angry. He doesn't want to be put to the test. The only way you and I can know God is if he tells us. I can put my finger on the scripture that teaches me this about the Lord. I know because he said so. And when he says so, I know it's true. It's very important. It's just as important now, maybe more important now, probably not. Just as important now as it was in the first century because it's one of the easiest uh, it's one of the easiest fallacies to fall into because well it it gives us what we want it's one of satan's greatest uh, deceptions of all in john 14 and 9 jesus said he who has seen me has seen the father when i see jesus uh, when i see jesus uh, 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 cry for the lostness of Israel on Mount Olivet as he descended the mount. 
I see the Father cry. That's the Father. Okay, whatever you see in Jesus, you see in the Father. What does that mean? Jesus had a lot of compassion on the Jews, though they were wayward. The Father had a lot of compassion on the Jews, though they were wayward. The Holy Spirit had a lot of compassion on the Jews, though they were wayward. Everything we see in Jesus is seen in the Father and the Holy Spirit because they're identical to one another. So we can learn about the Father through Jesus. We can learn about Jesus through the Holy Spirit. We can learn about the Holy Spirit through the Father. There's a lot of ways to learn in the Bible. We don't need to make up ways because there's plenty of ways to learn about the Lord. We may not like what we learn, but what we learn is truth, not, uh, not a falsehood. In Ephesians 2 and verse 12, at that time, that's before they knew Jesus, were they saved by nature? No, not at all. At that time, before they knew Jesus, Paul said to the Ephesians, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise. They weren't saved people by the law of nature. They were lost people because they did not know Jehovah. And that was the cause of their lostness. They had no hope, and they were without God in the world. Now, let me clarify real quickly. Could the Gentiles find salvation prior to the advent of Christ? The answer is yes. And I know that many probably, I know that many did, for example. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, up until the law of Moses get, was given, any person that was saved was saved by something, by a rule of law, uh, something other than the law of Moses. People, God never left people without law. People always had law to live by. The Gentiles, for example, they had law to live by prior to the, the coming of the Mosaic economy. Uh, they were governed by law. Those who lived by the law, they were governed by. Those people could obtain salvation. Now, these are our ancestors I'm talking about. They could, they could have salvation if they would live by the law that they were going to be judged by. We call it patriarchal law. There's no such thing really as patriarchal law. It's, it's a name that's been concocted, meaning law of the fathers, a law that God had given to men other than the law of Moses. Uh, people uh, lived by it. For example, uh, Adam at one time was the only man on the earth. Uh, he offered up sacrifice, blood sacrifice. His descendants were taught to uh, offer up blood sacrifice. When they moved away from where their mom and daddy lived, they no doubt took that law with them and continued to offer up blood sacrifice. Uh, some became the owls of the Gentiles, and what were they doing? They were offering up blood sacrifice. Why? They had a law to live by. They had a rule of order that they were to follow. And no doubt many of them did. How were they saved? By the time the law of Moses came along, they were saved by the same law they'd been living by the entire time. Now, did they acknowledge that law? I don't know. There doesn't appear to have been very many that did. But there were some that did. There were some who were looking for God still among the Gentiles. Cornelius was a case in point. He was still looking for, for God. He was trying his best without becoming a Jewish proselyte to find God. 
he was doing uh, probably better than most Jews were. But uh, what his state was uh, at that time, or prior to that time, he could have been a saved man, but at the time Peter spoke with him, he was a lost man because he had to become saved. That, that, that period of time there, uh, when the transition was made uh, from the law of Moses and what we call patriarchal law to the Christian law is very fuzzy. It's very fuzzy. It was a transition that would take a long time for people to catch up with. And uh, I'm glad God judges all those things and I don't have to worry about it. But I do know that the Gentiles lived under law. Okay? There was law that they lived by. Some people said, well, they had to become a Jew to be saved. They had to become a proselyte. They could be saved if they became a proselyte. Some did, but they didn't have to. They didn't have to become a proselyte to Judaism. That was never required of any Gentile to do that. <clears throat> Not in a written revelation, at least. Okay, what do we do here? 1 Corinthians one twenty one. In the wisdom of God, Paul said, the world, through its own wisdom, did not know God. There was no way to know God. And this is the way the Lord wanted it. They knew God existed. They knew God was there, but they didn't know anything about him. Nature didn't teach them about God. And that's the way God wanted it. He wanted them to learn about God uh, through one avenue. And that's his personal revelation. That's the only way. In the wisdom of God, the world, uh, of course, I've added these words to clarify it a little bit. In the wisdom of God, the world through its own wisdom did not know God. Therefore, <clears throat> it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. That's how they could come to know God, through the message preached. Foolishness, he says, because it was looked at as foolishness. The Greeks called it foolishness. The Jews called it foolishness. This, this gospel that was being preached was just a bunch of foolishness. But this was the avenue the Lord chose to reach out and save man. If man was going to be saved, it would be because of the gospel. That's how he would learn what to do in order to be saved. There is no other way. The stars aren't going to tell you. A tree's not going to tell you. You've got to get that from the Lord. Everybody does. There's just no other way uh, to salvation. People talk about those who do not know Christ, who do not hear the gospel in various parts of the world. Uh, what about those people? They're going to be saved uh, because they live by a, a moral code. Whose moral code? The Lord's moral code? Do they know the moral, Lord's moral code? How do they know the moral code without the scriptures? You got people in parts of the world who, who don't know God. And they have no revelation from God. They're going to live, they're going to die, and they're going to be lost. They say, no, they'll be saved because they live by a law unto themselves, the law of the mind, the law of the heart. The, the Bible doesn't teach that. If they're going to be saved, they're going to have to be saved through the gospel. Why? Because God chose the gospel as the avenue by which people would be saved. There were two laws prior to the advent of Christ, the Jewish law, the Gentile law. 
after Christ. There's but one law, just one law. There's only one way to find salvation, and that is through Jesus. There's no other way. Well, what about those people who have no opportunity to hear the gospel? Does God know those people exist? Well, you know he does. Could God get the gospel to those people if he chose to? You know he can. Why doesn't the God, God make sure that the gospel gets carried to such people? Let me ask you this question. What good would it do? What if no one obeyed the gospel? You're saying the Lord knows who will and who will not obey the gospel? That's exactly what I'm saying. He knows who will obey and who won't. Look at Paul's missionary trips. Don't go down here, Paul. Go over here. What was that all about? The Lord knew where the people were who were going to obey the gospel, and that's where he sent his messengers. If the Lord knew that no, this people in Timbuktu over here are never going to obey the gospel, why would he send his laborers into that particular vineyard? What good would it do? What purpose would it serve? You see, we start judging things that we can't possibly understand. What, what about those people in Timbuktu? Maybe there are a bunch of uh, cannibals who will never cease uh, cannibalism. I don't know about those folks. I don't know anything. I do know that God is a just person. I know that he only does what's right. He never does what's wrong. I know that he wants people to be saved. He's long-suffering to all of us. And I know that if a person wants to be saved, the Lord knows how to get a person to him to teach him how to be saved. I've seen it done too many times in the scriptures. If there are people in Timbuktu who don't know God, who don't have the gospel, and nobody's going to them, if there is such a place, why isn't the Lord sending someone there? There appears to be no good reason to do that. We can't start judging things we don't understand. We have to rely on what we know. The goodness of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the long-suffering of God, the willingness of God to search heaven and earth to find that individual who wants to be saved. Why doesn't he go to Timbuktu? I'm sure he's got a reason. If there is such a place. I always hear about it, but I never, I just haven't found out exactly where it's at. <laughs> but it may be out there. I'm not going to say it's not. But uh, we're talking about something we, we don't, do not know. But uh, it causes people to leap, head down the wrong road. If a person in Timbuktu can be saved without the gospel... Why can't a person in Gainesville, Tennessee be saved without the gospel? Does God show favoritism towards people in Timbuktu over people in Gainesville, Tennessee? I don't think we're ready to go there, but when we open up them doors, uh, we're heading down a road we really don't want to walk. God's wisdom, not man's, that saves. And we have to acquire the divine wisdom to have the keys to salvation. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. <clears throat> faith comes by the word of God. That's the only way we can have faith. Are we saying that people can be saved without faith? Some people can, some people can't. 
It's a wrong road to travel. How can faith come by nature and human wisdom? Well, it can't. I can believe that God exists, but that's not what's going to lead me to salvation. I have to believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. It's actually a two-part thing. That God exists, yes, but that he's also true to his word. That's equally important. That's how you acquire the faith that leads to salvation. But it's, uh, <coughs> it's done through the gospel. Uh, <coughs> Romans 1 and 16 might have looked like this if Paul believed that. What might be known of God regarding salvation was revealed through his powerful works of nature, not by Jesus nor his gospel. Okay? If what MacArthur and others say, the bottom line, they don't want to say it unless somebody presses them on the matter, but the bottom line of what they say is that people can be saved by the works of nature without any knowledge of the Lord Jesus or his gospel. What Paul wrote was, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it, the gospel, is the power of God. The power of God is the gospel. The gospel is the power of God. Three times Paul presses where the power is. The power is in the gospel. The gospel of Christ, it, the power of God, to salvation for everyone who believes the Jew first and also for the Greek. It's the gospel that leads us to salvation, not nature. <clears throat> Romans 16, 25 and 6, Now to him who is able to establish you. Establish means to make you steadfast, unmovable. Now to him who is able to make you steadfast, unmovable, establish you according to my gospel which is a, a form of doctrine, according to Paul in Romans 6, 17. You notice how many of these references stay in Romans? The book of Romans states something and then buttresses what it states a half a dozen times in the same letter. It's one of the most unique letters in that aspect. You find the references that you want to run, you'll find the references right there in the same book. Uh, Paul's uh, letter to the Roman is a, one of the most brilliant treatises you've ever read uh, because, uh, because the information is it's stated then it's supported all the way around stated then supported all the way around this is all done in the same letter according to this form of doctrine which he preached uh, which was the preaching of Jesus and it was according to the revelation of the mystery the mystery, of course, we know, a righteousness of God is the death of Christ. That is the good news of the gospel. And it was kept secret. <clears throat> no one knew since the world began. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we got a bit of a glimpse. Speaking to Satan, the serpent, the Lord said, He, with regard to the seed of woman, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Well, the serpent bruised the Lord's heel. He was crucified, nailed to the cross. Jesus bruised his head because he came back from the dead. He uh, thereby uh, robbed Satan of his greatest weapon, and that was death. You can kill me, but you can't eat me. You can kill me, but you can't touch my soul. You can kill me, but I'll continue to live. 
Once you get to that point, which Jesus did through the resurrection, nobody can take your life anymore. All they can do is destroy your body. But as far as you're concerned, you live on and on and on. <clears throat> but now, though this was a mystery at one time, now at this time, it has been made manifest, revealed by the prophetic scriptures. It has been made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God. Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. 29 years later, 29 years later, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 23, Paul said, we have preached the gospel to every creature under heaven. 29 years. I think that was a record. They didn't even have a Corvette. <clears throat> According to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith. This was the purpose of the Roman letter right there. It's stated twice in the first chapter and then in the 15th chapter, I believe. Uh, Paul was preaching for obedience to the faith. That was the purpose of his preaching, for obedience to the faith. The secret had been made known. Why? For obedience to the faith. For means to this end, for this purpose. The secret has been made known to this end, that people would obey the faith. The faith is the, the gospel, the New Testament scriptures. This is why the, the secret has been revealed, that people would obey. I thought obedience had nothing to do with it. According to most denominational dogma, it does not. But according to Paul the Apostle, it had everything to do with it. His whole purpose in preaching was to lead people to obey the faith, obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. That was his goal. That was his target. That's what he was aiming for. For obedience to the faith, the secret was revealed, that is, a righteousness of God, the death of Christ, our atonement, our redemption, God gave himself for us. That was the secret. Nobody imagined it. No one ever imagined that God would turn himself into a man and die so that we could live. But it was revealed through Jesus who did that very thing. The secret was revealed to persuade people to obey the gospel and be saved. This is Paul's stated purpose in chapter 1 and chapter 15, maybe 16, I don't remember. <clears throat> We're not going to have time to get through this. But uh, you, you want to read Ephesians 3, 3 through 9 in conjunction with this. Uh, it, goes, uh, it goes right along with it. It's uh, very handy. Uh, a lot of, we're, we learn a lot of things from this particular uh, portion of the scriptures. Uh, things that are very relevant to the religious environment that we live in today. Uh, one of the things uh, we try to do is to point out the errors and inconsistencies in, in, in religious dogma. And the reason for that, our, our work is to seek and to save that which is lost. And in order for us to do what we are appointed to do, 
we have to know something about what people believe so that we can persuade them that that's not right and help them understand that which is right. So uh, we'll always uh, delve into such things a bit. <laughs>